This is Pat Carty. I'm doing the commentary for Horror High. That's me. We get a lot of great comments about the music on this. Um, this particular song, as a matter of fact, uh, gets a lot of great comments. Now, this footage was shot on a an old Kodak 16mm camera and also on a Bolex Pro. It was a Kodak Cine Special 2, I believe, which was the camera that... Uh, was used to shoot America the Beautiful at Disneyland. And for those of you who are TV fans, of course, up there it would have said Twisted Brain. Maybe you recognize some of the uh, football greats from the Dallas Cowboys, from their names on the screen. Greg Morton, great quarterback. These folks were also investors in the film, Billy Truax. They also play the uh, police at the end of the film. Jameson Film Company was the company that was hired in Dallas to um, actually do the production work of the actual filming and lighting, all that. They also had a lab there to develop the film. Nice segue here from the sunlight to the projector lens. I hesitated long. That's the actress Joy Hash there. She plays the dastardly English teacher. All these students here were friends of the executive producer, James P. Graham, and his brother, who was also seen uh, fiddling around with the projection screen uh, later in this scene. Rosie Holotick on the right there. I believe that's James's uh, brother. Young man, you shall be severely reprimanded for that. You know I abhor loud noises. Now remove that screen and get back to your seat immediately. 
you can tell she would be a lot of fun at parties. Tonight, your assignment will be to read the last half of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. We may have did you have a teacher like her? I know I did. I like the little bell. If any of you want to see the last half of the film, it will be shown at the meeting of the Literature Club in this classroom tomorrow night. I suggest most of you appear. People over there, get back to your seat. I have your reports graded. Rosie Holitick playing Robin Jones. Everything we did in the filmmaking of Order High was exactly on par with what we would have done in Hollywood. So if I had to forget about the fact that it was being shot in 16 millimeter, it was easy to do because the crew and the actors were all very professional. I beg your pardon? I distinctly remember asking the class to turn in a report to a student, which everyone did but you. There must be a mistake. I'm sure I handed one in. I worked all weekend on it. Here's the paper you turned in, Vernon. <laughs> oh, well, there, you see. I knew I'd handed one in. Except that it's not a report on Stevenson. It's a biology report on guinea pigs. I think that all the... It's got to be here somewhere. I think that all the pimples on my face would have been much better if I had not had them covered up with makeup. Would have made more sense for the character. But Miss Grindstaff, it was only a mistake. I'm sorry, Vernon, but you must learn that your other subjects are just as important as biology and chemistry. Maybe after this, you'll remember. That scared me. I thought she was going to cut her thumb off. But I'm sure we'll cut something off sooner or later. The funny thing is that Joy, Joy Hash, who was playing the Mrs. Grindstaff, she was actually fun on the set. She was very... summer Joy Ash was very much fun on the set she has she was a very sweet lady had a great sense of humor very talkative she was not like Mrs. Grindstaff at all thank you for handing out the papers Robin you may be excused so there's Mr. Mumps This scene was kind of hard for me to do because I'm a cat lover.
I'm a cat lover. I've always had cats and, and having to, you know, you know, slash the cat or swipe at the cat with that broom uh, really bothered me. There's Mr. Griggs. This guy stayed in character the whole time we were shooting. What'd you do to my cat, boy? She run out of here scared to death. I, I just shoot her away, that's all. Just shoot her away, huh? Not with this. Ooh. I'm warning you, boy. Stay away from my cat, you understand? Well, Mr. Griggs, you didn't see what she was doing. She was trying to get into this cage. That's the second time today. <laughs> this guy was truly frightening. She kills rats in the building. She's not a rat. She's a guinea pig. And he's part of my biology project. I don't care about none of that. Now, I'm telling you, boy, you leave my cat alone, or there's going to be trouble between you and me. You understand, boy? Huh? What'd you say? Oh, uh, nothing. I, I was just talking to Mr. Monk. Enter the monster music. And now the passionate music. That Mr. Griggs is a mean old man, isn't he, Monk? I bet if I'd have said the wrong thing, he would have hit me. I believe this was my first part as a young adult. Everything else before this was uh, being a child actor. I didn't really get to do too much in my teens. Uh, so I was pretty enthusiastic about doing this part and playing this character. The first time I met Rosie was the day I arrived, uh, and they had put me up at the Hyatt Hotel in Dallas. And um, she came up dressed to the nines. I mean, this girl is so beautiful. Uh, I was glad that they had let me know that she was Jim Graham's wife, because I think I made a made a play for her, even though I knew uh, I was so far out of her league. After he eats, he looks like he's got the mumps. <laughs> you know, he really does. <sighs> well, I guess I better be going. Uh, I just stopped by to tell you that I'm, I'm sorry for the way Miss Grindstaff treated you in English today. Why did she give you an F? Jealous. What? Jealous. She was jealous because I spend more time on biology and science than on English. That's why she ripped up my report on Mr. Monk. 
Anyway, they left me alone with her in the hotel room for a while, and we talked about these characters. We looked at the script a bit, did a couple of scenes together, and um, and became good friends, actually. She was a lovely lady. And probably still is. I haven't seen her in 50 years. Mike McHenry played Roger. He was a really good bully, I thought. He was a good actor, too. I don't know why his career didn't. He must have followed a different path because I don't remember him being in anything after this. John Nyland playing his heart out. That was a game that he was used to doing. I remember doing something like this, forging notes because I was late to school or because I didn't show up for a class. I got in a lot of trouble in school. I was going to be an actor. I didn't need school. And you see Vernon here? He's going to be a scientist. He doesn't need school either. And there's John Island. He didn't need acting lessons. He did fine. Now, I think the guy sitting across from his, him is Abner Haynes, another sports pro. The scene is so real. This is the kind of thing that used to happen to me. He was such a good bully. What's the matter, creeper? Couldn't get a pass. I did not like anybody in that room. <laughs> I had to deal with this in real life. Being a child actor was not easy. Going to public school, this kind of thing happened to a lot of my friends who were former child actors. I mean, the kinds of things that used to happen, like I'd be running track, you know, during PE, and a couple of guys would gang up on me and literally take my clothes off and run away with them. And there'd be girls playing on the field too, and I'd be running naked back to the locker room to get my clothes on. And then I'd get yelled at by the gym coach because I took my clothes off. Sometimes they used to pick me up and, and 
hold me upside down over the trash can at lunchtime. <clears throat> Somebody would hold me in the trash can while, while other ones put their trash on top of me. I had these bullies that would say, I'm going to meet you at the gate after school. And I would have to make sure I wasn't at the gate after school. <clears throat> Except for one time when I just did go to the gate after school, and there was the bully and his friend standing around, and he tried to pick a fight with me. And I took both of my, my hands and put them in a fist and whacked that guy in the face so hard that he fell over. And nobody said a word. And he just lied there on the ground, and I walked away. And I was sure any second they were going to jump on me. Well, the guy came. Guy came up to me from behind, saying, "Hey, you! Don't ignore me! Don't ignore me!" And um, and he said, "Hey, look! I'm sorry, man." <clears throat> and the guy became my friend for the rest of the year. Now, this wouldn't be typical of me. I would not try to break into a school. I would try to break out of the school. But this is what Vernon had to do. Uh-oh. What we see in this cage that looks like it's been destroyed is Mr. Mumps standing. Monster Mumps. It's me, Mr. Mums. Vernon, I'm not gonna hurt ya. This is where the 16 millimeter didn't hold up well for us. Not good in dark places. Mr. Griggs by Jeff Alexander, truly, truly a creepy guy. Oh, come on now. I guess you say shooting for it. 
Now we have to clean up the mess, of course. Oh, we didn't see that before. The film's been edited, but there's the cat. Now the cat was not harmed. The cat was slightly sedated. And then when I dropped it on the floor, of course it wasn't on the floor. We dropped it onto a, a pile of blankets so that when it, when it fell down, it didn't get hurt. In fact, I believe um, this one of the secretaries at Jameson Film Company took that cat home. We got it from a shelter, and she took it home, and it and it got a home out of out of the deal. There he goes. It was hard being so close to this guy because he had such terrible breath, and. Um, And here's the point at which Vernon goes down for the first time. And Pat Carty goes down with him. I was seeing stars right then because he uh, <clears throat> he grabbed the wrong end of that breakaway tube and it did not break. It just it seemed to go right through my head. And no hamsters were hurt in the making of this film. Not even Mr. Monster Moves. Don't ever kill a man's cat. Wait, no. No, no. I'm going to take you to the police, boy. But before I do, I'm going to make you wish you'd never seen my cat before. Actually, when I was in high school, I saw a girl have an epileptic seizure. And basically, I just did what she did to, uh, to get that scene done. 
Just in case you forgot why we hate him. were so many jokes made about this scene I mean I can't really even tell you but uh, uh, a lot of people uh, my friends uh, really got after me about waking up with all that blood over me Of course, whenever you see my hands, it's actually an assistant. Whenever they had to do close shots like this, they got somebody else to do that, give me a break. I didn't really need a break, but this guy really wanted to do it, so that's what we did. That, of course, is a vat of acid, something you would find in every high school uh, science laboratory. 55 gallons of acid just sitting in the middle of the room. Well, I don't think I've ever actually seen that before, but it worked for the movie. Sulfuric acid, in fact. sudden there's hair on my arms. Vernon? What are you doing? Uh, just finishing up. Mr. Henshaw, the science teacher. Henshaw was played by Nick Felix, a really nice guy. He was a, an entrepreneur in Dallas. As a matter of fact, I believe he owned Arthur Murray Dance Schools. Um, but he also produced and wrote some films himself, and he was friends of, of the director and the producer, so he got a part in the movie. And, you know, for his little part, he, he did a credible job, I thought, and a nice fella. I don't know, Mr. Henshaw, I really don't. Someone must have broken into the lab last night. There were bottles and test tubes splattered all over the floor. The place was a mess. Is anything missing? Just Mr. Monk. Someone broke into his cage and he's gone. I don't know where to look or what to do or anything. I almost believed Vernon that time. He was a better actor than me. You 
I don't know what it is with that bird, but Larry liked it, so there it was. Oh, Vernon, by any chance have you seen Mr. Griggs? No, sir. I better check with him. Maybe he heard something last night. Poor Mr. Griggs. Oh, wait, I see why he liked Let that bird. Let me have your attention for just a minute. Hey, you people quiet down and listen a minute. I just want to caution you in handling this particular experiment. If you should get acid on yourself, go immediately to the sink and wash it off. Just a minute, I'm not through. One other thing. When you get through using the reagent, put it in the disposal container. Do not put it back in the bottles and contaminate the contents. And don't pour it down the drain. And here comes Michelle Falern. My friend Austin Stoker. And the music changes pace appropriately enough. I appreciate the information. Thanks, Austin. <laughs> Look at these guys in the hallway. <laughs> Bring in the next one. Lieutenant Bozeman. This is Vernon Potts. Sit down, Mr. Potts. Uh, these officers and I with homicide. Of course, you know, we're trying to put together enough facts to determine exactly what happened to Mr. Briggs. Maybe you can help us. Yes, sir, I'll try. Uh, you're Mr. Henshaw's assistant, is that right? Yes, sir. Uh, as a lab assistant, Vernon, I suppose Austin Stoker was was an amazing guy to work with. He's a very good actor. He um, he portrayed uh, Lieutenant Bozeman in such a way, in such a believable way. He was sort of doing like a Columbo thing there. He 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 sort of already knew what was going on, even at this point. But he needs to get more proof. In addition to Mr. That guy in the back, he said, uh, Lieutenant Bozeman, Vernon yeah. Potts. He had three lines right there to say, and he could never remember the lines. Yeah. We had kept cutting it down because there was a whole lot more about we have other students to see today, so forth and so on. And we had to cut it down to Lieutenant Bozeman, Vernon Potts, in order for him to get one whole line out which was funny. He was a very nice guy. I think he worked for Jameson Film Company. Did Mr. Henshaw and Mr. Briggs get along? 
you'll ever call them arguing or disagreeing. No, we don't. Now, I know this may sound a little uh, melodramatic, Herman, but do you know of anyone who might have wanted to get rid of Mr. Gates? Oh, no, sir, no one. As far as I know, everyone liked him very, very much. He was a nice man to me. Just one more thing, Vernon, then you can go back to class. How'd you get that bruise? Oh, I had a fight in the locker room. Oh, I see. <laughs> What's the other boy look like? Just as ugly as always. I didn't hit him. Why, Vernon? He would have hit me back harder. Oh, I see. I see. Oh, yeah, well, I noticed here in your school file that, uh, your mother is deceased and your father travels, is that right? Oh, yes, sir. He's a salesman. Okay, Vernon. You're excused. Oh, uh, just one more thing, Vernon, and then you can go back to class. What do you really think happened? back with Mrs. Grindstaff, our favorite English teacher. And her favorite occupation, using the paper cutter on people's reports. Dear teacher, time is just about up. papers and leave them on my desk as you leave. If you don't have the answers by now, you never will. your fight with Roger. I, I'm really sorry, Vernon. I, I feel like it was partly my fault. Well, I hope you're not mad at me. I mean, I don't blame you if you are. You know, I told Roger that, that if he ever hurts you again, that he and I are through for good. You told Roger that? Because of me? <laughs> Vernon Potts. I'd like to talk with you a minute. Yes, ma'am. 
I've been looking over your test paper, and it looks as if you didn't do too well. As a matter of fact, your grades for the entire term aren't very high. You realize, of course, that without a credit in this class, you won't graduate. I've decided, however, to give you a chance to earn some extra credit. I shall expect to see you at all of the literature club meetings for the remainder of the semester. But Miss Grindstead, the literature club meets on Wednesday nights. Very good, Bernie. Yes, ma'am. But you see, Wednesday nights, that's when I go to the library. It's the only time I have a ride. I'm sorry, Vernon, but you need the credit in this class if you want to graduate. Of course, it makes no difference to me, but I strongly suggest you do that. And please note, tonight is Wednesday. Oh, look at that face. That would give me nightmares. Of course, Vernon forgets all about the meeting and decides to play in the lab. It was great playing with all those test tubes. I liked all that. It was all real stuff, of course. You don't, you don't need props for that kind of stuff. You just go to the local chemistry supply store and buy a bunch of glass tubes and things and put them together. Anyway, at the time, it, it, it was really fun to play that. Uh-oh. Funny story. I was in the AV class, in, uh, AV club in high school. And um, we used to put together the, the, the film and projector packages for the various classrooms. And um, sometimes the films would break and we'd have to, you know, splice them back together, which is was part of my passion was playing with film. Um, we lived near a theater in uh, Hollywood that played adult films. And a buddy of mine and I were walking past the back of the thing, going from one place to another, and noticed a lot of film coming out of the trash cans. 16 millimeter adult films and so we grabbed as much of it as we could and took it back to the AV room and intercut it into the uh, educational films but nobody ever asked us about that but I'm sure some some teacher who was grading papers in the front of his class didn't didn't know what his kids were actually watching Yeah, those magic potions, they give you a sinus problem.
I have to say here, the music at the time in the in the 70s for this film uh, was a bit of a game changer. Uh, nobody was really doing this kind of a rock and roll track to a horror film. And um, I think we were inspired uh, to do that from a song that uh, was out by the Winter, Edgar Winter Group called Frankenstein. I had played that for the director and, and, and the producer, and they said, oh, by all means, let's do this. She sounds like the Joy Hash I knew now. This is just in case you forgot why we hate her. So there were some good special effects there. Oh, by the way, on the gurney, um, instead of putting Joy Hash through that process, we gave that job to my real-life girlfriend at the time, Leanne Hicks. And uh, that was her moment of stardom. And that made her happy. She played an excellent corpse. Parents are going to be pulling the kids out of school now until we find the killer, huh? Yeah. Do you have any idea who it is? No, no, we don't. At least not yet, anyway. Oh, by the way, Vernon, there's just one item I want to ask you about. Yes, I understand sir. that you're raising a guinea pig. Uh, yes, sir. He's part of my biology project. You mind showing him to me? Oh, uh, I I'd like to, but he he's gone. His cage was destroyed on the night that Mr. Griggs was killed. Well, then you noticed him missing when you were cleaning up the lab early the next morning, is that right? Sir? Well, Mr. Henshaw told us you were in school quite early that day. Why was that? Oh, well, like now. I had a lot of apparatus to set up for a lab practice. I came in early to see Mr. Monk. Well, then I suppose you'd be interested in this, Vernon. 
Remember I told you that when the coroner went through the remains of Mr. Gray, he also found the remains of his cat? We have a complete report now. And it shows another set of bones next to him. Again, he shows I tortured one another. Well, I'd better get back. See you later. Yes, thank you, Lieutenant. This is what's known as a post facto change. Oh my God. That bad medicine is still in his bloodstream. And it's making him go in and out of being Vernon or the monster. Experiment seems to have gotten away from me. Please try to be more careful, Vernon. You know, you could get hurt working in here all alone. Just to make it easy for them to sync up, why don't you say what scene is currently on there? Oh, uh, this is um, the scene with Robin and uh, and Vernon in the lab class. No, I'd like to really. I would. Well, that's great. Hey, we could start tonight. Listen, I'll be babysitting, so uh, why don't you come by my house? Here, I'll write down the address. Oh, I know where you live. Oh, that's creepy. You do? I, I, I looked it up once. You don't mind, do you? Of course not. I even wrote your phone number down in my notes. <laughs> okay. We'll see you at eight. Don't worry about him. He's going to be watching the football game, so he doesn't get ginned tonight. 
sure it's all right. I'm sure. <laughs> Leave it alone. little rip off of your mama don't dance trying to keep with the theme of the 70s music I'm sure this was the morning after a party at John Nyland's house. Seems like the only thing you enjoy doing is going to the lab. John Nyland was a great partier. Yeah. Dallas Cowboys, cheerleaders, all throughout his house. He and his friends were a lot of fun. Never have to suit up for PE again. That'd be great. Yeah, I, I thought you'd like that. But now, if I do that for you, boy, I want you to do me a favor. Well, sure, Coach McCall. What is it? Well, you see, I've got a problem. In order to play football, you have to be passing in all your subjects. Well, I have a star football player who's failing in chemistry. Guess who? And the principal says if he fails the next test, he'll flunk the course. That'll make him ineligible for football next fall. Pops, I just can't afford to lose him. I've got a chance for state. You know what I'm talking about? You want me to help your player pass the test? That's right. Who is it? Roger Davis. Roger? Uh, now, don't get excited. Oh, Roger hates my guts. Now, listen, he'll do what I say. He doesn't want to get kicked off the team. I don't know. He's not doing very well in chemistry. He never worked the assignments. Haven't read any of the material. Except for tomorrow. I can't possibly have somebody like that. Yeah, but there is another one. You mean the chief, don't you? Now, wait a don't get excited. All I want you to do is let him be able to see your paper. No, I can't do that. I can't do it. You're not going to do anything. Vernon's not going to cheat. He's just not that kind of guy. And he'll kill anybody who tries to make him cheat. have a choice. Remember, you've still got to take PE for the rest of the year. And I'll personally see to it that this class becomes a living hell for you. Let's do it this way. Why don't you think about it for a while? Now, I'll be at the gym tonight watching films with the team. 
Why don't you give me a call, say, about 10 o'clock, and give me your answer? What do you say? Yes, sir, that'd be fine. Good, then I'll expect you to call. And don't disappoint me, boy. I mean it. And one other thing. Don't tell anyone about our plan. Oh, no, sir. Then your chart will come down like this to the next group, which is the vertebrate class of mammals. From there this is probably a my favorite scene in the movie. Now, in that class you find I'm not so much for killing people. Hmm. Man. But if there's a chance to kiss the pretty girl, I'm there. Of course, her husband was standing right behind me, so I couldn't enjoy it too much. Homo sapien man goes back much further, back to a time when his emotions were more beast than human. Like the beast, he was ruled by bestial emotions. Of fear, hunger, pain. And he would kill other beasts, and even his own kind, without remorse. It wasn't until man became human that he could differentiate between good and evil. Well, I'm certainly glad he finally decided to become human. Are you? Human are the only animal that has the capability to choose between good and evil if he were deliberately deceived. Not everyone's like that, Vernon. You're certainly not like that. You're one of the kindest people I've ever met. <laughs> Why I think so much of you. Oh, little does she know. It's 9.30, I've got to go. Vernon, wait, that's something... In case you didn't notice, Vernon dropped his hand into the ice cream. In fact, you're the first girl I've ever kissed. Well, then why are you leaving so suddenly? Well, I've got a big test in chemistry tomorrow. I've got to prepare for it. Well, different kind of test. This one's going to take special preparation. Well, Vernon was a good guy after all. He did not take advantage of that girl. That's why I was so much like this, like that guy. I, that's how I could identify with him because I was like that too. There's a lot of cases in the, in the film where I think the cinematographer and the director, Larry, really did a great job of planning out their shots. They had some really iconic movements. 
had this been shot in 35 millimeter, I, I think, um, I think that cinematography would have been recognized as being very well done for a low budget horror movie. This is one long shot all the way from his desk to here. Pretty amazing for the day. Yes, comedy in the middle of a dramatic scene. Hey, I was just up here watching films with the football team. Everybody's been gone for almost an hour. Well, somebody's got to lock up. It takes you an hour to lock up? Well, I'm in no hurry. There's nobody around here after 10 o'clock anyway. Who are you calling to in the gym? What? Um, you thought I was somebody else. Well, I thought I heard footsteps in the gym. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. You called somebody's name. Sounded like Vernon. Is that what you said? I don't know. I might have said Vernon. Uh, I just thought I heard one of the boys in the gym. Uh, what does it matter? Everything matters to me, Coach McCall. Now, are you through in here? Hey, all I got to do is lock up the gym, close my office, and I'm finished. Good. Do it and get out. Well, I'm going to tell on you. I'm, I'm going to tell the principal the first thing in the morning. You do that, coach.
Okay, Lieutenant, you can come out now. I'm leaving. Come on, quit playing games. Let's go, I want to lock him and go home. I wouldn't want to be in there after midnight in a building Burning. where two people have been killed in just the recent days. Burning. Are you in here? He's getting nastier and nastier by the minute. Isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I, I almost decided to leave. I almost gave you up. Why didn't you call? I decided to come in person. That's a good thing you did. That's good. There he is with the cricket mallet. All you had to do is tell me that you'll. Do you remember all the cricket mallets we used to have in high school? Now this is where Vernon survives, but Pat Carty doesn't. What the hell is that ungodly sound you're making? What do you what are you trying to do anyway? Maybe we can forget about the whole thing. What's the matter with you? Don't make me do something we're both going to regret. Believe you me, I'll personally see to it that this course becomes a living This version doesn't show the spiked. Oh, but maybe the version that they're putting on the disc does. But there, there was definitely some brutality in those spiked uh, track shoes. They had made foam spikes and sprayed them silver, and then put a sponge to the bottom of the shoe that was completely uh, doused with blood so that whenever I stepped on his face, it just squirted everywhere. People swore they, they saw the uh, spikes going into his skin. They used to ask me how we did that. Take off, he's gotta be close. You stay here. <laughs> you stay here, protect me. They caught him. They caught the murderer. Find him outside behind the building. 
Don't tell me Vernon went back and cleaned up the mess. We could have used another shot here. Yeah. I don't know how I'd comment on that. Old Roger, huh? We caught him right after the killing. Looks like he's the one, all right. Wow. Oh, uh, oh, Vernon. Just a moment. You know, that's very interesting. What's that? Uh, that bag you're carrying there. Is that for the cleaners? Uh, yeah, I'm going to drop it off before school. You know, that's the same cleaners my wife uses. In fact, my sister works there. Yeah, well, I really have to be going. Yeah, of course. Look, I don't mean to hold you up, Vernon, waste the time. You know, me and the boys, we were just driving around, kind of relaxing from catching that Roger Davis fellow, you know. But look, you better be getting along. Hey, hey, I'll tell you what. Why don't you let us drop that off at the cleaners' place? Just several blocks on the other side. Save you some time. Oh, no, really, I have plenty of time. Coach McCall used to always tell me that I needed the exercise. So, uh, thank you anyway. You know, funny you should mention that. I could have sworn I heard the coach call on your name last night. My name? Mm-hmm. About an hour before he died. What do you make of that? I don't know. Are you sure? Well, pretty sure. Of course, it's hard to make out anything, though, in that hollow gymnasium. calling me. Well, that's what I thought. But what do you make of this? Well, I make that out to be a laboratory beaker. Well, I've really got to be going, Lieutenant. We found it close to the coach's body. Fingerprints were all smudged. But wouldn't you say that's a strange place for a laboratory beaker? I mean, in your opinion, as a, a lab assistant. Yes, I would. Well, uh, wouldn't that mean that whoever killed Coach McCall was the same person that killed Miss Grindstaff and Mr. Griggs? You know something, Vernon? I believe you're right. I suppose that does mean that. Say, where are you going? To school, Lieutenant. You've got your killer and I've got classes to attend. Notice the change of wardrobe on Vernon. Now he's becoming a cool guy.
there's no school tomorrow. Why don't we go to the park and listen to the symphony? Have you ever been? No. But it sounds great. Oh, boy. <laughs> Something wrong? I can't believe it's you. Changed. What? No, silly. I mean, you act different. A few days ago, you were so shy. You would never have asked me out. Well, I had some problems then. Haha, uh -huh. he removes his glasses. Because now he can see things better. See you at 7.30. Vernon Potts, the cool guy, the chemist. It's funny, I had written a song for this scene and I was humming it. And I brought the tracks in for them to hear. And I thought maybe this could play in the background. They weren't having it. Hello. Roger, what do you want? I thought you were. You like that wall phone? I had one of those wall phones on my house all the whole time my kids were growing up. And their friends would come over and they'd see that phone and they'd want to push on the buttons, push through the dial. They didn't know how to use it. Vernon creating a little concoction for Pfizer, which they would use years later. I don't think he actually drank anything at that point. In fact, he dropped it before he got a chance to drink it. He has to run because if Roger catches him and he hasn't drank the 
Magic Potion. Roger is going to kill him. Another post facto change, just in time. No, it's not. I'm, I'm the killer. I'm the one who killed all those people. I don't believe you. Why not? They all deserved what they got, didn't they? But you couldn't do it. Sure I could. Sure I could, Robin. And after tonight, I won't be bothered by Roger either. Bernie, you're frightening me when you talk like that. All my life, I've been bothered and pushed around by the Rogers. Well, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Now they're afraid of me. Oh, Robin. Robin. I, I can't. Robin. I'm sorry you had to find out. And it's on. You gotta love this music. So that's not overdubbed. That's me doing my own sound effects.
I love this shot. I think they should have used this as the poster for the movie. That's just classic. It's so gothic looking. And in a modern 1970s high school anyway. And look at the colors, the blue, the green on the gate, the, the purple on the wall, Robin's red hair. Just a beautiful shot. That sounds like a synthesizer to me. Back in the day, the um, the Moog synthesizer was 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 just starting to happen, and all these crazy sounds were coming out of it. By the way, all the music was done by uh, a group um, in Dallas. run by uh, Rush Beasley. They did a great job on the music and the sound effects. That was a stunt man, that was not me. And that's for all the bullies in high school. Cops are all professional athletes. This is a scene where the squibs that were used to kill uh, the monster had turned around in my shirt, and instead of having a steel backing on them like they usually do, the backing was turned around and forcing the uh, explosions into my skin. If you have an early VHS of this film, you'll notice that the movie ends right here. The reason is because the, excuse me, the reason is that the duplication houses had guys who were running the copies in machines and they would see the black on the screen and figure that was the end of the film. Nobody was listening to the track. They'd just see the black on the screen and go, oh, it must be over, and they'd turn it off. 
So if you bought an early VHS, you wouldn't see the credits or the bloody body of Vernon. One thing I think I might have changed at the end of the film is that I think I would have taken the makeup off of his face so that he uh, actually turned back into Vernon after he was shot. Yule Box and Rush Beasley, they did a great job. Jerry Coward, Joy Buxton, they wrote a great song, they really did. See, there's a lot of things I like about this film. We had a wonderful crew, these guys did their jobs. and put up with all our fooling around and 